Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, today's program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners, and I especially want to thank Cindy for her support. We'll send access to the premium site, as we do with all donations of $7 or more. And you can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, uh, the episode we played a couple weeks ago was the end of The Amazing Mr. Malone over American Radio. In addition, there was a television series, but it didn't last long. However, uh, Mr. Malone would continue to appear on the radio, just not in the United States. Grace Gibson Radio Productions was one of Australia's biggest radio syndicators. They did quite a few original series, but they also uh, would purchase scripts from American radio programs to be produced in Australian with with Australian cast members. And the series first appeared in syndication in 1953 and would continue from August 27th of 53 to August 19th of 1954. It employed scripts from the ABC run of the series, which is good since all but four of those are missing or only have half the episode available. One notable change they did is that they moved the series from Chicago to New York. Not quite certain why they did it. They may have just had more Australian actors who were familiar with doing uh, New York accents. We'll have more to say about the syndication, but this will be actually the first time we go ahead and play a full Australian episode. And we've got four of these episodes, so we'll take a listen to the first. This was the 11th episode of the run. It aired in Australia originally November the 5th, 1953, and the title is The Smoothie. The Amazing Mr. Malone. Operator. Operator, get me the office of John J. Malone. We now present The Amazing Mr. Malone. An exciting half hour of mystery and suspense, starring John Saul as the lawyer, whose practice before every type of bar has become a legend. A locale is the city of New York, the time, the present, and the hero of these weekly adventures, the amazing Mr. Malone. Malone's the name, John J. Malone, attorney and counselor at law. 
Among my collection of tried and true cliches is the oldie, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Peter Quinn had heard that one all his life, but being a timid little fella, he took a long time to act on it. But when he did, he ventured in a big way, only he didn't gain, he lost everything. But it was not the axiom that was at fault, it was the person with whom Quinn ventured, said person being Peter Dumont, a suave, shrewd operator who at the moment is leaning back in one of the overstuffed chairs of his lavishly furnished apartment and smiling pityingly at Quinn, who faces before him, squeaking his indignation. You're a thief, Dumont, that's what you are, just an ordinary thief. A thief, perhaps. Ordinary, never. You needn't try to be cute. You sold me $15,000 worth of worthless stock. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. I want my money. It's in much better hands now, Quinn, believe me. See that Renoir? It's a beauty. Now, you would never have shown such taste. Don't change the subject. I'm not. You swindled me. Don't try to deny it. You led me to believe that oil well would bring a big return. People so easily led deserve to be. It was outright thievery. You're repeating yourself. I want to know what you're going to do about the money. Now, you're forcing me to repeat myself. The answer is still nothing. Then I'll... I'll see you in court. <laughs> With no proof? There was nothing on paper. Well, if I can't get what's coming to me, at least I can expose you so you can't cheat anyone else. Huggins. Huggins. You want me, Mr. Dumont? Show Mr. Quinn out. Right. And when you get him outside, Huggins, convince him that it would be wiser not to cause us any inconvenience. Right. I get the idea. Good. Now see that Quinn does. Good evening, Monsieur Dumont. Eh, mademoiselle? Good evening, Pierre. Right this way. The other gentleman is already seated at your table. Other gentleman? What other gentleman? I do not know a gentleman. I thought he was in your party. Nobody's in our party. We're dining alone. Strange. The gentleman asked to be seated at your table. I'm very sorry, Monsieur Dumont. I thought... It's all right, Pierre. We'll see who it is. Sorry. We were dining here. Did you tell anyone of this? No. Well, we just have to... Oh, what's the matter? Stoner. Dumont, how's the boy? Uh, hello, Stoner. Come on, sit down. Take a load off your feet. Hello, miss. My name's Harvey Stoner. And you're Alyssa Granville, right? How did you know my name? It's my business to know things. Yeah, I see Dumont hasn't changed. Still interested only in beautiful things. How long have you been in town, Stoner? Just got in. As soon as I heard you were in New York, I hopped up a lane and came right over. And what do you want? What do I want? <laughs> what a question. You want to talk business here now? No. All right, we won't. Now sit down, let's have dinner. I've already ordered the cocktails. Well, come on, or I'm going to begin to get the idea you aren't glad to see me. And you know me, friend. You wouldn't want me to be getting ideas like that, would you? Hey, nice shot, Malone. Yeah, what's this one? Six ball in the side pocket. Excuse me, are you John J. Malone? Oh, look, lover, didn't anyone ever tell you you don't speak to someone when he's about to make a oh, shot? But I just did. Yeah, you just did. You are, Mr. Malone. Look, I'm John D. Rockefeller. Here's a dime. Now go away. Leave me alone. But... Beat it. 
Didn't your mother ever tell you to stay out of joints like this? Oh, please, Mr. Malone. I'm Alyssa Granville. I called at your office. Your secretary told me I'd find you out here. I'll make a note of that. Hire a new secretary. But I want to engage your services. Don't you want to work? Does anyone? Well, it may be a matter of life and death. It usually is. All right, let's go over and sit down. Be back in a minute, Charlie. Okay. All right, baby. Whose life and whose death? Oh, Peter's life. Peter's death. Who's Peter? My fiancé, Peter Dumont. Go on. Well, Mr. Stoner has been bothering Peter. I think he's a gangster. Does Peter say Stoner's a gangster? He won't say anything about him. But I can see he's worried. Well, what do you want me to do? Well, isn't there some way you can make Mr. Stoner leave Peter alone? Stop bothering him? Uh, a court order or something? Depends on how he's bothering him. Has he threatened Peter? I don't know. Great. But he upsets Peter. How? I don't know. He just does. This would sound dandy in court. I'm afraid I can't help you, Miss Granville. But if... By the way, does Peter know you've come to me? Of course not. I begged him to do something about it, but he won't. He has a bodyguard. He says that's all he needs. A bodyguard? Yes. A man named Huggins. Oh, a horrible person. Mm, Peter sounds charming. He is. No doubt. Well, look, if he wants protection, he'll ask for it. The best thing for you to do is mind your own business. Peter is my business. We're going to be married. I meant that if, if you... If you'd only have a talk with Mr. Stoner, find out what he really wants. Look, Miss Granville. Oh, call me Alyssa. Alyssa. Unless I'm very much mistaken, Peter's not going to like your butting in. Oh, don't worry. If you'll just do what I ask, I can handle Peter. Yeah. yeah I'll bet you can at that. <laughs> Harvey Stoner? Yeah. I'm John J. Malone. Should I be amazed? Give me time. May I come in? What for? I'd like to talk to you. What about? Peter Dumont. Who sent you? Does it matter? Maybe. Well, let's talk it over and find out, shall we? All right, come in. Thanks. You working for Dumont? No. Who? I told you, Stoner, we'll come to that. You're right, Malone, we will. In time, But you know something, Malone? What? You're going to be surprised how time flies. Well, we can... Look out, Stoner! What guy do you throw in that lamp through the window? Didn't you hear that shot? There's a man on the terrace out there. I've got to get out there. Gotcha! Let go! Not yet. Hey, what's going on? Who is it? I don't know, but he's dropped his gun. There it is. Get it. Gotcha! All right, you you better stop struggling, mister. You're covered. Okay. Well... Mr. Huggins. Oh, so this is Huggins, eh? Dumont's boy. Yeah. He tried to shoot you, Stoner. I heard a noise at the window. I looked. I saw him right outside raising the gun, so I tossed the lamp at him. Just in time, too. It caught him, and the shot went wild. And then I grabbed him before he recovered. Splendid, Malone. Splendid. And now, will you put your hands up? What, me? Yeah, go on. Get him up. Oh, that's gratitude. I'll handle this my way. Get to you later, Malone, if I need to. But right now, I've got some pressing business with Huggins. So you better get going, Malone. But don't you want to... I told you what I want. To settle with Huggins. All right, Malone, start walking. When a man throws a gun on you and says, start walking, you walk. So do I. I walked away from Huggins and Stoner, and that was the end of a very unsatisfactory conversation. 
I didn't think my client would be pleased. Well, she'd know where to find me if she wanted me. I was all set to make a shot that would really amaze Charlie. I studied the position. I chalked the cue. I got set. I started my stroke. And hello, uh, are you Mr. Malone? Oh, no. Mr. Malone, I must talk to you. Must you? Yes, it may be a matter Don't of... Don't tell me life or death. How did you know? I'm amazing. Who's this time? Who's what? Life or death? Mine. Oh. oh, well, that's a switch anyway. And just who are you? Lester Quinn. Quinn. All right. And now, what's this danger you're in? Oh. Mr. Dumont thinks I hired you to investigate him. I want you to tell him I didn't. Why? Because he's angry. There's no telling what he may do to me. I mean, what gives him the idea I'm working for you? He found out you're working for somebody. I threatened to get a lawyer to sue him. Until he uh, made me change my mind. So, naturally, he you thought... You wanted that... to sue him? Why? I'd rather not say. What's the matter? Dumont wouldn't like it. He wouldn't have to know, you told me. He might find out. Well, if you won't tell me anything about Dumont, can you tell me anything about Stoner? I don't know anything about him. All right. Thanks for nothing, Quinn. And now, may I get back to my game? Well, certainly, but you will tell Dumont I didn't engage you, won't you? Nope. What? Well, why not? It's my bargaining point. I'll make a deal. What kind of a deal? Tell me what I want to know about Dumont, and I'll tell him I'm not working for you. All right, Malone. You win. Good. Now, what's with Dumont? He, he's a swindler. He sold me $15,000 worth of phony oil stock. Oh, so that's it. Yeah. When I threatened to take him to court, he had his thug slap me around and warned me not to say anything. Uh-huh. All right, thanks, Quinn. Now, you will tell Dumont you're not working for me. All right. But, of course, you, you mustn't tell him I talked to you about it. It may not be easy to work both ends of that together, but I'll try. <sighs> Thank you, Mr. Malone. Save it, Quinn. Save it. Till we see how I make out. Hello, Pierre. Is the uh, other gentleman here again? We, oui, Monsieur Dumont. Well, that's all right this time. I'm expecting it today. Oh, good. Uh, right over here. Thank you, Pierre. Hello, Stoner. How's the boy? Salam. I can tell you I wanted to have lunch with you. Yes. How is he? Feeling better. That's good. Guess I was a little rough on him. But you know something, Dumont? I take it personal when somebody tries to throw a slug at me. Of course, he was acting under orders. Conversational dexterity never was your strong suit, Stoner. Well, let's dispense with innuendos and come right down to the point. But why did you ask me to have lunch with you today? What do you want with me? Look, Pally, I followed you all the way from L.A. On account of I like us as a team. I can handle the rough stuff. You're good with a smooth line when we've got some rich babe we want to knock over. We're a natural. That doesn't answer my question. Sure it does. This is one partnership I don't like to see dissolved. You run out on me, I come to bring you home. Hmm. So you're determined to take me back. That's right, pal. You can't shake me. You might as well stop trying. Well, at least your persistence is flattering. Yeah. Well, how about it? I got reservations for two on the century for tomorrow. Do we use them? For two? Yeah. Huggins is out. 
I'm taking no chances. I know you wouldn't have the nerve to pull a trigger yourself. I wasn't thinking of Huggins. Uh-huh. The doll. Is it serious? Could have been. If I could have shaken Huggins in time, and if you hadn't shown up. I just wanted to do a few more jobs to get a little ahead. Don't make me laugh. With your taste, you could never retire. There'd always be some painting or a lousy antique. Uh, how well you know me. So chuck the babe and let's blow. I'll think about it. Well, think good. Because I'm getting tired of horsing round. Either you come back with Papa, or they send you back in a box. Before returning to the amazing Mr. Malone, a few words from your announcer. And now, back to the amazing Mr. Malone. Homicide, Lieutenant Brooks speaking. Hello, Brooks Malone. Look, I want you to check for me on three guys. They call themselves Peter Dumont, Huggins, and Harvey Stoner. It could be aliases, of course, but I'll give you descriptions. Maybe you got something on them. Okay, Malone. And uh, check with Bunker, will you? I think one of them is a shakedown artist. Oh, don't tell me he took you. Sorry to disappoint you. Well, I can dream, can I? Not until you get the dope for me. I want to get this thing cleared up. Now, look, here's what I got so far, bro. Hello, Dumont. Hello, Huggins. Don't you believe in knocking? Sometimes. You're packing. So I am. I didn't know we are going anywhere. Now you do. Where? I'll tell you in good time. You know, if you was trying to hold something back, and I wanted to, I could make you talk. I could bust you in half so easy. The trouble with brute force, Huggins, is that when it is not tampered by intelligence, it accomplishes very little, as witnessed last night. How would I know Malone was going to be there? The point is he was there, and you were unable to cope with the situation his presence created. You're not very bright, Huggins. I wouldn't advise you to cross me. Look, if you want to... Now there's the doorbell. Answer it. Okay. It's probably Miss Granville. If you're into the study, I'll be with her in a minute. my dear. Thank you. Elisa. Yes, Peter? How would you like to be married tonight? What? Well, don't look so startled. This is not so sudden. I don't know what to say. Then don't say anything. Just do what I tell you. Go home and pack. We'll be married tonight, leave New York immediately, and as soon as we can, arrange a passage. We'll sail for honeymoon in Scotland. Oh, Peter, that sounds wonderful, only... Why the great rush? Well, why not? Is it because of that person? What person? Mr. Stoner. What gave you that idea? The way you acted and the way he did. Surely, my dear, I don't arrange matters for like a wedding to suit Stoner. Well, you don't have to worry about him anyway. I'm delighted to hear it. And just what gave you the idea I am worried about him? I can tell. Have I underestimated you, my dear? Is there a brain behind that lovely facade? Now, don't get angry. I never do. It's just that I love you so much. That's why I noticed. And that I... That you what? Well, nothing. That you what? I I told you, nothing. Have you been meddling? No, it's just... Well, I thought it... Well, maybe if somebody talked to Mr. Stoner... 
You talked to him? No, not I, but... Yes? Nothing. You're angry. I am not angry. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Wait a moment. Malone, he was at Stoner's. I thought that Quinn... Oh, so that's it. You hired Malone. I was worried about you. I thought that he... You thought. I'm sorry. It's a little late for that, Alyssa. What are you going to do? I'm leaving New York as I planned. Good. Alone. Oh. Lucky I plumbed the depths of your stupidity in time. Oh, Peter, please. Take I... your hands off me. Oh, don't be angry. Stop I... telling me I'm angry. <gasps> Peter. I'll see what you made me do. I never struck a woman before in my life. Now get out of here. All right, Peter. I... I'm going. <laughs> Hello, Alyssa. Mr. Malone. Come in. Thanks. Hmm. Yes, maybe I'm a little late. Late for what? For telling you what I found out. From the look of your eyes, you found out for yourself, huh? I found out Peter doesn't love me. Going away. Going away when? Tonight. Well, I have to see him first. I promised somebody. May I use your phone? Go right ahead. Uh, what's his number? There, on the pad. On the pad. Uh, oh, yes, thanks. How come you found out about him? I told him I'd talk to you. He was cute. Yeah, yeah, I can see how he would be. Hello? Hello, Dumont? No, he ain't here. He went out. Oh, is that Huggins? Yeah. Hello, Huggins. John J. Malone speaking. How'd you make out with Stoner? Okay. I'll bet. Look, Huggins, when do you think DeMont will be back? Anytime. Well, I've got to go by that way anyway, so uh, I'll drop in and see if he's there. Okay. All right, I'll be over in 15 minutes. Hello, Huggins. Stoner left his trademark on your face, huh? Or was it a door in the dark? You want to see Dumont? Just came in. He's in the study. Oh, well, uh, thanks, Hogan. First door down that way. Thanks. doesn't answer and the door's locked. That's funny. Well, what's the idea? Wait a minute. I hear someone in there. Yeah. Come on, come on, open up. All right, you don't in the window. Do you have a key to this door? No. Well, maybe we can break it in. Come on. Okay. Ah, no good. Come on, once more. Okay. Uh, there we are. Yeah. And there's Jamar. Where? On the floor, by the desk. No wonder he didn't answer the door. How could he? With a bullet in his head. Yeah, DeMond was dead. The window was open, and whoever had been there was gone. I gave the room a quick going over, then I put in a call to headquarters. Well, the police will be here right away, Huggins. You don't have to hurry on my account. Tell me something, Huggins. What? Do you smoke cigars? No. DeMond? Oh, why? Stoner does. And take a whiff of this air. 
see what you mean. Yeah. Well, you'll have to be a reception committee of one, Huggins. I got things to do. Where are you going? Stoner? Stoner. And who knows if I'm lucky, I may smoke out a murderer. Look, Malone, what's the idea? I don't like you barging in here. I'll barge out in a minute. Would you care to come along? Where? To months. The police might be interested in talking to you. Police? Yeah, they're over there. If they want me, they can come here. Is that an invitation? They may take you up on it. You're in the wrong alley, Malone. I didn't kill Dumont. You didn't? No. And how'd you know he'd been killed? Huh? Well, you, you said... I said the police were there, that's all. I didn't say anybody had been killed. Well, I... All right, Malone. Don't reach for that gun. I better take it before anyone gets hurt. There. Now, that's better. And now, Stoner, I think you're going to Dumont's after all. Come on. Hiya, Lieutenant. I brought you a present. Lieutenant Brooks, meet Harvey Stoner. Charm. Well, Lieutenant, I see you boys work fast. Here's the girl, too. Hello, Alyssa. Mr. Malone, I didn't kill Peter. Tell them I didn't. All right, honey. Brooks, she didn't do it. Thanks. Now, what's with this character? Stoner, oh, I thought you might like to talk to him. He was at the scene of the murder. Yeah? When? When I got here. And when was that? Just before I put in the call to you. Just before, huh? We got that call at 3.45. You're doing great, Malone. Why, what's the matter? The M.A. says Dumont was killed sometime around 3. Well, Malone, I guess that lets me out. Not so fast, Stoner. You could have forgotten something and come back for it. Prove it. Maybe you won't have to. You know, we got other leads. What, Brooks? The girl, for one thing, Malone. She was here around 3. But I didn't do it. He was alive when I left. Sure he was. Ah, oh, there's something wrong about your time sequence, Brooks. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Huggins! You want me, Malone? Yeah. Look, when I got here before, you told me Dumont had just come in, so he must have been alive then. And that was nearly 3.45. I was in the back of the apartment. I heard somebody come in. Naturally, I figured it was Dumont. But I guess it was Stoner. Well, satisfied, Malone? All right, so Dumont was dead since 3. Hey, now what? There's one little man we've all been overlooking. Who's that? Just a hunch, but it's worth checking. Where's the phone? The only phone is in the study. I'll see if the boys are through in there. All right. No. No! Wait a minute! Well, make up your mind, Malone. Seems I'm wrong again. You know something, Malone, that could get to be chronic. Well, I think I've found the cure. Here's your murderer, Brooks, right here. Huggins? Yeah! What do you mean, Malone? Just what I said, Huggins. You killed Dumont. And this time, I'm not wrong. Well, Huggins talked, and what do you know? What, Brooks? He admitted the whole thing. You were right. You're amazing, Mr. Malone. Well, I won't argue the point, Lieutenant. Dumont was going to tie the can to Huggins, and Huggins got beat, so he plugged him. Mm Mm-hmm. But how did you tumble, Malone? Huggins pretended not to know anything about the murder until we broke into the study and found the body. Yeah, that's right. But I'd called Huggins about 15 minutes before that to tell him I'd be over. So the call must have taken place somewhere around 3.30, when Dumont was already dead. Right. Well, when you told me the only phone in the apartment was in the study, I saw that Huggins was our boy. Because when he answered my call, he must have seen the body. But he didn't say anything. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. The body was in the study, and the phone was in the study. Yeah. 
All right, that does it, Malone. I thought it would. There's only one thing I still don't understand. What's that? How'd you get mixed up in this case in the first place? Alyssa asked me to. And you saw what a beauty she was. But she was engaged to another man at the time. Yeah, so she was. But I could see she was the sort of woman men die for. I just took a chance he would. <laughs> Good night, Lieutenant. Once again, back to the amazing Mr. Malone. I'll have another story for you next week, so why not pick me up at my office at the same time? I'll be waiting for you. Good night. The Amazing Mr. Malone is a Grace Gibson production starring John Saul as John J. Malone and directed by Lawrence H. Cecil. Welcome back. Well, very uh, comparable to the American uh, production. Uh, the one thing I didn't hear in the episode, and perhaps the biggest difference with the NBC run, was the uh, chemistry between uh, the actor uh, John Saul uh, and Hart McGuire in the roles of Malone and Brooks versus the previous run that we just heard. Um but, uh, to be fair, Brooks wasn't in this episode a whole lot, so we'll have to see how that develops. It's interesting to note, uh, we had a listener send in a question a while back asking if anyone went to Australia on Carter Brown, uh, to play, uh, to play roles on Australian radio, and I said that not, not that I'm aware of, but, uh, according to the Digital Dell FTP, uh, which I've got the information on the Australian run for, Hart McGuire, who was actually born in Tennessee, uh, did uh, play the role of Lieutenant Brooks in this series. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow as we continue on with Matter of Reasonable Doubt. In four weeks, we'll be bringing you Mr. Chameleon. But in the meantime... Join us next Tuesday for another episode of The Amazing Mr. Malone. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>